Hey everyone, this is Jackson Swear, entrepreneur and navigator at Startup Hutch and your host for The Hot Seat. This month, we sat down with Nathan Hyatt, owner of High Point Farms. Nathan owns and operates a CBD business. They grow their own hemp and take their distillate and turn it into a retail product. He's partnered with both of his parents, and I think you'll find his story interesting. It's one of dealing with government regulations, partnerships that were formed and fell apart, and a family-owned business that's trying to make its way in a world filled with much, much larger business players. Take a listen, and I hope you'll learn some lessons about starting and growing businesses here in Reno County. get us started, why don't you tell us your name and tell us the business that you own. I am uh, Nathan Hyatt, and I am from Nickerson, Kansas, actually. been the Hutch area my whole life. So um, the business that I'm part owners in with my parents is uh, High Point Farms, and it is a uh, CBD store here in town on Main Street. So when did you start this business? So we actually started growing CBD in... It would have been 2019, after the 2018 Farm Bill passed and all that. We started growing then. We were just trying to wholesale the oils, um, the distillate, and the market just tanked. And you couldn't make any money with the wholesale at that point. So then we moved on to, in twenty May 2021, is when we opened up the retail side of things and opened up our downtown business. You mentioned the farm bill. I want to step back to that for just a moment. Is that really where the idea for the business came from? Or had you been thinking about doing something like this? And then that legislation catalyzed that? Talk to us a little bit about um, where the idea for this business came from. Back in 2017, like we had started doing some research with some friends and some other partners. We ended up separating from those other partners eventually. But they also, at that time, my mom, she had rheumatoid arthritis, and like my senior year of high school, we actually took a trip because she thought she was going to be paralyzed, disabled, and wasn't going to be able to travel and this and that. Well, she started using CBD, and it changed her life. And so that had a big deal in it as well because we had seen what it had done for people, and we wanted to be able to share that with other people and help people in that same way. And you also mentioned that you you started just growing and trying to wholesale the distillate. And I'm wondering if you can talk to us a little more about kind of what the process is that your that your business does. I think that probably people may not be familiar with that. So can you kind of walk us through a little bit how you start with a plant and then eventually you end up with a product in the in a retail store that you sell? Yeah. So I mean, it's it is a long process. You know, we. Um, we buy the seeds, and then we start them in our hoop houses. And so then we start them in 72 cell trays. Um, so we got 72 plants in these, and then we transplant that into the field. We go through the growing season, fertilizing, watering, all this and that, keeping track of our micronutrients. And then we actually, now we have built our own dryer where we dry, we harvest the bud, strip the bud off the plant, and we dry it, then we take it to an extractor, and they extract the oils out of that bud. And that is, there's different levels of that oil. Like crude is the first level, and it's still green and looks kind of gross. And then they filter it again, and that's what we call distillate. And it looks 
nice and clean, kind of like honey. Um, and that's what we use for most of our products is distillate. So, you know, this is all, this is all totally legal, right? Obviously. Mm -hmm. So that was part of the change in the farm bill. Can you talk a little bit about that and how this plant and this product was legalized and then what the regulatory structure is around that? How do you, you know, prove that you're compliant? So we actually have a state growers license and through that state growers license, we're able to process, distribute, sell like all of our stuff through that license. But most, you don't even have to have like a license to sell it. Like you can buy CBD at a gas station or a liquor store, you know. And so there's a lot of gray area in this ever evolving industry, which it is like, although the hemp bill, I mean, it's been what, four years now that it's passed, it's still changing. And now they're trying to pass medical marijuana and it's going to be constantly changing. It's just, just like any laws. I mean, there's constant change in regulation and they're just trying to not necessarily perfect it, but they're trying to just make it better and better for us. So, Well, you know, I think about two areas where there's definitely a lot of regulation in business. One is agriculture and mm-hmm. the other is in anything that you have to be over 21 to buy, which I think your your product falls into that sort of category. Yep. Would you have any advice for somebody else who is thinking about going into a business, not necessarily this one, but one that was going to have a lot of regulatory structure around it, how, how to navigate that. Just any general advice about that that you would want to share? Um, I mean, it really, you got to do your research and your homework on it. You know, it, there's a lot of, I mean, I don't necessarily say I read through a 200 page bill, but like I skim through what I think I need to see. And then, but also like I'm on the board of the Kansas Cannabis Coalition and we lobby for medical marijuana and better regulations for hemp. And getting involved with groups like that can help educate as well because then not only is it you that is doing the research like you're bouncing ideas off these other board members and the other members and just getting involved in groups like that would help too okay so have you had any mentors along the way or anyone that's been particularly influential for you as you've grown this business I mean, my parents have been, I mean, they've been my partners in it the whole time. So that's been a uh, um, a blessing. You know, they're always there to pick up my slack and me theirs when things are going south. And we're always there to butt each other's heads and that kind of thing, too. So one one person that I really look up to is uh, like my grandfather. Um, I worked for him on the farm growing up, and he just really helped instill that hard work ethic that I have. Um, just get things done, and no matter what, like, being a farmer, you've got to like build things and do things a little different in order to um, get by because agriculture is such a hard industry. And so just learning different ways to do things and thinking on your feet has been huge for me and my success and building business like this. So That's great. So it sounds like family is a pretty important part of this whole venture. You're in this business with your parents. Grandfather's a big influence. Mm-hmm. Any any advice uh, for folks who might be thinking about going into business uh, with family members or any any struggles uh, with that? I'm not trying to ask you to air out the dirty laundry, of course, but you've got kind of a unique situation where you've got a family-owned business, multiple generations involved. Talk to us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, and one thing that I would advise, whether family or not, is to go and talk to an attorney and get a contract written up. I mean, you never want it to go south, but... There's always that off chance that something happens and that you need to have it in writing what's going to happen. And so me and my parents have a contract written up about how everything works and how it's split and divided. And you just never know what's going to happen. So, 
Well, I think that's that's really solid advice and something that not everybody necessarily does yeah. right at the beginning. And, you know, it's not a problem until it becomes a problem. Yeah, uh, just, just really get organized to start, you know, like start your company. And I mean, we have an LLC, obviously, with High Point Farms and then get your articles of organization in order and just have it all written out so you know it's defined what it needs to be. Well, and anyone who's listening who has more questions about that should go back to our podcast from a couple of months ago and uh, go listen to some of Sam Foreman's advice around that as well. I think you'll hear some echoes from that conversation <laughs> as well about the importance of getting it all written down and, and having it be in good order. So you mentioned that there was a, a, a time at which the really the market kind of crashed and you couldn't wholesale the distillate like you had expected to. Was that one of the biggest hardships for the business? How did you get over that that time? And are there any other struggles that you've been through that have really informed where the business has grown to today? Well, one thing going back to the partnerships and contracts and stuff, some of our first partners we didn't have contracts with. And after that first year, it went south and it was like, where do we go from here? You know, and bridges were burnt through those relationships. I mean, it was a bad, bad breakup in that sense. Um, and so that was a, a very important thing. But yeah, it was all in that same year. Oregon had produced tons and tons and tons of CBD. And they'd flooded the market. And it went from like, oh, there's millions of dollars in this grow to there's maybe 10,000. We're going to lose our butts on this grow. And that happened to everybody. And it was just, it was a bad deal. I mean, we had 150 farmers that first year, and I think we're down to like 70 so. Yeah, so what would you attribute to that? What allowed you to come through that time and still be where you're at today? Was it just, just perseverance, or was there some other secret sauce there? No, there was, there was no secret sauce. We just put our heads down, and we grew another year. We had some other contacts that we started working with. And um, we were able to grow one more year. And then after that next year is when we started developing our CBD line. And my mom was actually, we started with our body butters. That was the first thing. She started making those and selling those. We had some success at that. And we're like, we should start producing some other stuff. So it just snowballed from there, really. Awesome. So you've got the three of you. Do you have any other employees in the business? Um, my sister, she works at the store. She's our lead sales, I would say secretary i mean she does it all so mm -hmm. yeah in, in any of these family-owned small businesses of course you find everybody wears multiple different hats mm -hmm. that makes sense all right so let's take a little bit of a step back what do you what do you like about owning a business what do you what do you love about this i really enjoy just the challenges of it and the how you got to stay on your toes and think on your feet and um i'm not the type of person to sit behind a desk and I can't, I just can't sit down all day. I've got to be on my feet doing something in a constantly changing environment. That's where I really enjoy the farming part. Um, and then like one thing that I've really grown to enjoy is getting out and selling like at these booths and stuff, we go to the flea markets and farmers markets and this and that and having those conversations. That's a lot of fun too. Great. So how, uh, how wide is your market? Would you say? We actually have met some people at these markets and we ship to like Louisiana and Texas um, and Pennsylvania. So we, we ship all over the United States, but like mainly it's like Hutch, Wichita. We've done some in Bueller. I mean, just within a hundred miles really is where we've been. Manhattan, we've done a couple shows up there, Lions. So just central Kansas for the most part. 
All right. Projecting looking forward, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times you've used the term can- cannabis, hemp, marijuana. These are obviously different plants. Cannabis is a sort of a overarching term for different species. Mm-hmm. Would that be the, the genetics? Genetics, yeah. yeah. So, you know, what are you what are you anticipating? What are you looking at moving forward in this changing regulatory environment? I mean, at this point, we're just going to keep doing the same thing. Yeah. So, how do you? I guess maybe a better question would be how do you how do you approach planning for the future in a at a time when the regulations are changing so much? Yeah. Um, so, for the most part, the the hemp side of it, it's it's pretty well set in stone. It's not going to change a whole lot. Um, there could be certain things like THC levels could change where we could grow for a little higher THC. Um, but for the most part, we're able to just keep moving forward the way we're doing, um, with hemp, um, with medical marijuana, we would like to move forward into that, but it just depends on the way the bill looks. I know they're, it was supposed to be the first one that they looked at here. So they're supposed to be starting something like that, but we'll see what happens there. I'm not, um, I'm a little skeptical how that bill is going to look. I think it's going to be a big money, big business bill. And we're, it's just going to, little guys won't be able to do anything in that market. Well, we'll, uh, we'll have to see what comes of that, of course. So one thing that you mentioned that I want to pick up on is the process of developing different products. So you mentioned that you started with the body butters. Um, How have you gone about developing different products and what sort of different things can you sell in the retail store? Yeah. So originally we started with those body butters, like I said, and it was just in a mason, mason jar and we didn't even have like a label for it. So our first step was to go and find graphic design and get labels made and put um, dietary facts and disclaimers and all that stuff on it. And we did start with the body butters, but then we moved into, we've got gummies and uh, tinctures, which are um, like oil droppers for under your tongue. We've got a salve and my mom hand makes some uh, bath soaks and lip balms, all sorts of stuff. And we're constantly changing and trying to develop more. Um, we've added some things we added later were like pet tinctures. Um, uh, pets. That's an interesting side part of that. Talk to me a little bit about that. How is, how is that a part of the business? Do you market that differently or how does that work? Honestly, it's the same formulation in the pet tincture that's in the, our tinctures. It's just, we label it for pets instead of people. Um, they're the same price. It's just there's the pets is also unflavored versus our tinctures are peppermint and cinnamon. So I don't think a dog would really care for peppermint or cinnamon. So well, I, I don't I, I couldn't ask him, but you're probably right about that. Yeah, and it it helps dogs with anxiety. It helps them with um, inflammation if they've got arthritis in their hips, um, just that kind of stuff. So the same that it helps people with. Staying on the retail, um, but thinking about a slightly different aspect of it, what made you decide to locate the retail store in downtown Hutchinson? I know you're, you mentioned you're from Nickerson. You're, you're obviously growing out in the county. Talk to me about that decision. Um, we've always enjoyed Hutch and been part of the Hutchinson community. My dad's worked here his whole most of his life. He worked at Bridgman Oil or Ramsey Oil, now Bridgman Oil. Um, so he's been in Hutch for the last 30 years pretty much. We were part of the Hutchinson community, and we had just an opportunity. It just kind of fell in our lap, honestly. The previous owner of CBD Nation, it used to be downtown, he was going to be developing some of our products, and we had reached out to him about developing products. 
And we, when we had one of our meetings, he said, Hey, I've got this opportunity. I've got this store here in Hutch. Um, it does pretty well. My sister is moving and she can't run it anymore. Do you guys want to basically buy it out and take it over? And it just, things lined up perfect. And we were in the middle of producing our retail line anyways. And so we just pulled the trigger on it. Awesome. Sometimes that little bit of serendipity is uh, just what you need as an entrepreneur for sure. So what have you learned through this process that you would want anybody starting a business to know? What are some of the general tips around starting a business? I know you, you mentioned the importance of having contracts, you formed the LLC. Anything else that you would really want to pass along to a future business owner, a young entrepreneur listening to this? Or maybe not necessarily young, just early stage entrepreneur? You know, another thing that like I really try to work on is mindset and trying to do your best to develop your mindset and your, I would say, even mental toughness, you know. Um, and some of the ways I do that is like reading books about that sort of thing, as well as like things in your industry that you're wanting to get started. And just, I mean, you want to be an encyclopedia about what you're trying to sell or the product that you're producing, this and that. But just developing that side of things is um, is huge. Do you have a, a book recommendation, one or two, that were particularly influential for you on the entrepreneurial mindset? So I really enjoy uh, Jocko Wilnick. He is a ex-Navy SEAL, and Extreme Ownership is one book that I've really enjoyed. His, his second one, Dichotomy of a Leader. Both of those books, um, just their leadership books, and they really help develop and they, they talk about how you need to bring ownership into things and how a lot of people um, try to push ownership down the line and how it needs to be shouldered by the owners, essentially, and the, the, the bosses. Absolutely. There's a, there's a little free plug um, for, for that book there. All right, I'll get you out of here on this question, Nathan. Um, What is one thing about your industry or about your business that you think that our listeners will find particularly surprising? I mean, some people think it's surprising that it's legal. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, it is completely legal through the state regulation and even federal regulation now. But one thing that we struggle with, even though it's been legal for so long, is getting a loan from a bank because of federal regulation taking so long to catch up and then the banks and credit card companies trying to catch up and us trying to find a credit card processor was a nightmare yeah i I bet so well um we're glad you've decided to do business here in reno county hope that it continues to grow and thrive and that you continue to make sales to all over the country and and bring some of that into here and uh, we'll see what the future comes with future regulations and Hope that it doesn't squeeze out all of the all the small local entrepreneurs like yourself. But thank you so much, uh, Nathan, for coming in and chatting with us a little bit today. Yep. Thank you for having me on. And also, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. I also need to thank Bowercom for the cover art and Christopher Racker and Salt City Sound for help with recording and posting the podcast. If you'd like to find out more about Startup Hutch, you can find us on our website, startuphutch.com or on most social media platforms at Startup Hutch. We hope that if you're a business owner, you'll also consider joining the Startup Hutch Idea Exchange, our private Facebook group where small business owners in Reno County can share ideas about business and ask each other questions. Finally, I hope that you'll do us a favor. 
by sharing the podcast, and also by letting us know if there's anybody that you'd like to have on the podcast in the future. You can reach us either in the comment section on Facebook or by using the contact page on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in next time. Yeah.